If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. We hope you are encouraged by the following message. Amen. You may be seated. That is such a great reminder of like where we stand, that really we have nothing without, without our Savior, without Christ. And when we remember that, it actually takes burdens off of us that we don't have to carry everything anymore. Um, Dan came to me a while back and said that he was going to be out of town, asked me if I would preach this week, and then he also asked me if I would close out the book of Galatians. So today we're going to be diving into the book of Galatians, uh, but chapter 6. But before we do that, uh, there's going to be a poll at the end of today as to which one was more distracting. Uh, it's going to be whether it was Dan's corn tortilla sliced up things or me doing communion backwards. Uh, so when you leave today, just you know, fill it out just like we did with the budget and let me know whether it was Dan's or if it was just me you know, making you have a dry mouth with the cracker afterwards. Um, Anyway, moving on, with Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, uh, as Dan talked last week, which I actually don't have my clicker. Daniel, could you do the super awkward thing and run up here in the middle of the service and give me the clicker? Um, but Dan talked last week, and uh, he, he mentioned how Paul talked about how the, the things we do aren't how you get saved. It's not about legalism. It's about what Jesus did on the cross for you. Um, and then he gets into chapter five and he talks about, however, because of what Jesus did for you, you will now live in the spirit. And that's where we get the fruit of the spirit. When you are part of the vine, you become uh, bearers of fruit and you get the fruit of the spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Um, and then in Galatians chapter 6, he starts listing some more practical ways that this is shown. And so in verse 1, he says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in the spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you be tempted. So to start here, the... the the person, the brother who's done something wrong. So this is you've been wronged by somebody or they've committed some sort of sin that's kind of caused some issues in the church. That's the person who's transgressed, but it says you are to restore him in the spirit of gentleness. That word restore was literally used for like setting a broken bone or putting a bone back into joint that was out of socket. And when I was uh, in college, I dual majored. I had health and physical education was one side and then I also majored in Bible. Those were my two. And if you didn't know, I taught PE for like six years before I was a pastor here. Um, but my, my first year there, I took a class called Care and Prevention of Athletic Injuries. Sounds really fancy. Basically, it was, you know, if you're a coach and somebody gets hurt, here's how you can help them. Um, but during the time that I was taking that class, my brother, my younger brother, came to visit me at college, and we were playing in the gym, and he threw a ball to the point where he, like, put his shoulder out of socket. Um, it was clearly out of socket. My class helped me identify that. Yeah, it was super gross. Um, but I could tell that it was out of socket and be, you know, me being super awesome, I'm in college now person, I was like, I know how to put that back in. Let's do it, you know? So I lined him up with a basketball hoop and I got behind him and I, you know, pushed on the back of his shoulder. Needless to say, there's a reason why doctors go to more school than one semester's class. 
I, I didn't get it back into socket. As a matter of fact, all I did was hurt him more. Um, and later that day, it actually snapped itself back into socket. My brother's fine now. Um, but the long and story, yeah, and I'm sorry, those of you who are a little squeamish, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but that is the idea of restoring, putting it back in socket. However, gently, okay, I was not gentle. I was prideful, not gentle. Um, we are to restore gently. When you have something happen to you, you want the doctor to be gentle when they're fixing that problem. Lila broke her leg this last summer, and we took her to the doctor. If the doctor had done what I did to my brother, to my daughter, I would have decked the doctor in the face. All right? That is how we expect doctors. That doctor was wonderful. They dealt with Lila very gently. They helped her get an x-ray. They were very, very careful. That's the idea of restoring with gentleness. Now, where does this gentleness come from? The spirit of gentleness, if you look back into the last chapter in Galatians, gentleness is one of the fruits of the spirit. So the only way that we're really going to be able to restore somebody who has wronged us in this way, like a doctor should restore a bone or bring it back into harmony, it is with us abiding in our Savior. That's why it says those of you who are spiritual, those of you who are living for Christ, you restore gently as a fruit of the Spirit. But it says, keep watch on yourself lest you be tempted. And Paul will tell us what, they, what you could be tempted at in a little bit here. So I just want you to keep uh, that phrase in your mind that keep watch lest you be tempted because Paul's going to talk about what those are. So the first thing that we learn from Galatians chapter 6 is something that we can do as those who are living you know, attached to the vine in the spirit is that we are to restore those who do wrong, but we're to do it with gentleness. It takes humility to restore somebody with gentleness rather than pride like me with my brother. The second verse in Galatians chapter six, it says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The word bear here literally means to carry with endurance, and the word burdens means a heavy load that's difficult to carry or lift. A while back, um, a group of us went to Guatemala. Was anybody in here that went to the Guatemala trips? Okay, awesome, yep. Um, so let's see if I got my picture. Oh, sorry, there's the next point, bear one another's burdens. Um, but here we go. Here's our picture of our Guatemala team. Uh, we, went, we went there a few years back, and while I was looking through the pictures, I also found this one because I thought it made me laugh, so I thought it might make you laugh. It uh, has nothing to do with my story, but it was funny. Um, so anyway, our team went to Guatemala, and while we were down there, we worked on getting this, this water thing running, but one of the other jobs we did was uh, the main place we stayed had some bleachers that were those old metal bleachers they had taken apart, and they needed them moved. And so we were loading sections of those bleachers into the back of a truck. And Daniel and I, Daniel Brown, that guy who ran me the clicker, uh, that's totally why I forgot the clicker so you could all see him. Um, but Daniel and I were standing in the back of the truck and he was kind of balancing them as another one was getting fed in. And then they all slid. Um, and Daniel's arm was trapped through them, right? And it slid down. It didn't hurt Daniel. Daniel, raise your arms. He has both his arms. He's fine. All right. Uh, but it trapped his arm in there and he couldn't get his arm out. All right. And the, there was like four sections of these big things of metal bleachers that were in there, and there was no way Daniel could lift these off of him. All right, so a bunch of us had to grab onto it, and it took all of us to like pull them back so Daniel could get his arm out. And 
long story short, Daniel's totally fine. He had a little scratch and he whined about it and he's fine. All right. Um, but we, that's the kind of burden that's here. It's one that you cannot lift on your own. We are called to carry each other's burdens. And these aren't like your day-to-day types of things like, hey, I, I needed to get up when my alarm went off and I slept in, right? That, that's not what this is meaning. This is, you know, I'm really struggling with relationships or I'm, I'm really hurt by a past experience or fill in the blank. Sometimes it's the church that caused the problem. But we are called to carry each other's burdens, the things that feel like they're too much to carry, that you're trapped in them. That's what the church is for. That's why we're here. That's what we get to do together is we get to bear those burdens. And that word bearing meaning um, to carry with endurance. It's not like uh, with Daniel, we were able to just lift it off and he was free and he was good to go. A lot of times the burdens that I'm talking about aren't just something we take and then they're good to go. It's something we have to come alongside and be there with them long term. And it takes endurance to do that. So first thing Paul says is that we want to restore each other gently or with the spirit of gentleness. And then the second thing, we're going to bear each other's burdens, but we're going to do that in a way that goes for the, for the long haul. And then he says this bearing one another's burdens fulfills the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Well, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul talks about the law of Christ. He says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. All of this, both the law of Christ that he says in chapter 6 and here in chapter 5, is referring to Matthew chapter 22, where Jesus is asked, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. That is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's two things here that are both talking about how we interact and deal with our neighbors. The first one is when our neighbor does something to us that was wrong. We restore them gently. The second way we can interact and deal with our neighbors is when they're struggling, we come alongside and we help them. And if you do those things, Paul's saying that you fulfill the law of Christ. You fulfill what Jesus calls the second great commandment, that loving your neighbor as yourself. And in doing that, you're also fulfilling that first part by showing God's love to other people. However, remember when I said in verse one that Paul says, like, guard yourself lest you you come on to temptation? Well, he, he tells you what that temptation is here in verse three. He says, for if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his, uh, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone, and not, for, uh, not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. All right, before I dive into there, I want to be real clear here. I know I just said we're supposed to bear one another's burdens, and then verse 5 seems to contradict that a little bit. It says, for each will have to bear his own load. Uh, the word bear is the exact same. It means endurance. However, the word load here uh, is the same word that Jesus uses when he says, my, my yoke is light and my burden is easy. Um, I think I have that backwards. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Um, 
it's that same word. This word load carries no connotation of weight, whereas the, the word burden has the connotation of very, like a lot of weight. Uh, so a lot of times when you see this word load, there's a, there's a description word after it that describes what it is, like when Jesus says your burden is light. Um, but the idea here is that we're each given our own responsibilities as believers. We each have our own roles to play in the body of Christ, and we should bear those loads and not avoid them. Uh, not the, the other burdens that we have where you know, something's happened in our life and we're really struggling to deal with it. This is more like Jesus has called you to do this particular thing as a, as a believer, as a part of the church. You should be doing that. And you're responsible for it. You're, you're held accountable for it. Um, and then a little bit later, we're going to look at the, the whole boasting in himself. This seems to contradict a lot of things that Paul says. Uh, but he actually is basically drawing attention here that you don't have any reason to boast. Um, so we're going to focus right there on verse 3 it's because it kind of summarizes everything. But if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Pride is something that ruins a lot of other things. It is the root of a lot of sins. And in our case, pride destroys our ability to do the two things I just said above. For example, restoring with gentleness. Pride leads to restoring or attempting to do that very harshly. In my story, I, I thought I knew how to do it, so I just very confidently hurt my brother. Um, that's what pride does. We think we could never be in the situation that that person's in. They, they did it to themselves. You know, if somebody sinned and they hurt me, they deserve the consequences that are coming to them. They did this to themselves. I could never do that. But when we're honest and we're, we're really real with ourselves and with our Savior, we realize that we're all one decision away from being in the same boat, some of the, the things that are causing these issues are some of the people that are like that. We're all one step away from that. We're one decision away. And so our pride leads us to dealing harshly instead of restoring gently. Whereas humility, the opposite, when we say, okay, yeah, I'm, I could be in that spot. I could understand how they are there right now. Maybe... I should bring them back and I should restore this relationship because I could be in the same spot they are in. The second one, the, the bearing one another's burdens, pride leads to us hiding our burdens. If we're proud, we don't want to share them with other people. So when we start struggling and we're dealing with something, we internalize it or we lock it away and make it so that other people don't see it. And when we come in on Sunday mornings, we smile and we wave and we say hi, but we don't ever share what we're struggling with. And that leads to that burden becoming too much for you, and then you end up stuck in the back of a truck with a bunch of stuff on your arm. If Daniel had had that kind of pride, he'd still be down in Guatemala with an arm stuck in the truck uh, instead of doing the sound system and running me my clicker. It takes humility to realize, you know what, in this particular situation, I can't do it. I need help. And then it takes even more humility to go and ask for it and to seek somebody out who you trust and say, hey, please help me carry this. I can't do it. Pride destroys those things. Uh, one of the quotes I came across while I was studying was from John MacArthur. He says, conceit 
can coexist with outward morality, but it can't coexist with spirituality. All right, so the idea there is you can have pride and outwardly look really good, but it doesn't coexist that you can't have pride and actually fulfill or be a Christian who's following Christ in a way that's biblically accurate. You can't have both. You either have pride or you have spiritual growth. You can't have both at the same time. Uh, slight added point here. This has nothing to do with what Paul was saying, but this has something to do with my own personal studies. I've been reading a book on prayer lately, um, and, and the guy in the book argues that if we live poor in spirit, it, it basically develops a mentality of, I need help. Um, and then when we need help, it leads to asking for help. And that's how you develop that praying consistent mindset. Um, an example of that would be my, my two-year-old Sophie. She, her new phrase is, need help, dad. Need help, dad, dad. Need help or need help, mama. Um, and it could be with anything. And so she, you know, needs help with the bathroom or needs help getting dressed. It's just need help, dad, dad, need help. Um, and there's no shame in a two-year-old coming to their dad and saying, need help, dad, dad. Right? There's no shame in us coming to our father and saying, I need help, God. I need help. It's not shameful to live that way. And so when we truly are poor in spirit, a lot of times, especially in our culture, we like to think that somebody who is humble is actually like a coward or afraid, and that's, that's, what they're, that's why they're not boasting themselves up. But in reality, if we really think about it, it's the other way around. It's a lot harder to say, you know what? I'm not everything in a bag of chips. Right? I am actually in need of everything. It's a lot harder to do that. And when we can really focus on that, it starts to change our relationship with our Savior and our relationship with other people in the church. It changes our relationship with God because we start to be like Sophie where it's, I need help, I need help, I need help. It doesn't matter how small it is, I need help. It also changes our relationship with other people because all of a sudden we come to other people and we say, I need help. Or when somebody wronged us, instead of snapping at them, our first response is, yep, I'm no better than they are. I forgive you. Let's move forward. So pride can destroy the things that we're trying to do or basically it detaches us from the, the branch of Christ and not that you're not going to heaven, but it, it, it ruins your ability to bear fruit. In or towards the end of the chapter here, so we Paul's basically closing up and wrapping up uh, in Galatians and the whole book of Galatians is a, a long book of Paul uh, discussing with the church of Galatia why... Doing things is not the way to heaven. Uh, the checklist, the boxes, the legalism is not the way to heaven. And then he gives them some things they should be striving to do. And Paul is, I'm sure, a little nervous that they're going to hear, here's what you should do, and refocus on that now instead of the things the other group just told them to do. So he closes out the book here 
Oh, sorry, this was, I should have said these, sorry. Pride, pride leads to harsh responses. Humility leads to gentle responses. Uh, those of you who are trying to fill in the blanks. And then pride leads to hiding our burdens, whereas humility leads to sharing our burdens. So Paul gets to this. He says, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Christ, by which the world have, uh, has been crucified to me and I to the world. In the last verse we just read, Paul said, look to yourself, and then you'll find what to boast. And basically what Paul was pointing out was you have no good reason to boast. And Paul is saying this here, I have no reason to boast except for in what Jesus did. For neither circumcision counts or, uh, for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon Israel, uh, the Israel of God. So right here, we have Paul reminding them to keep the main thing, the main thing. All right, so I just told you that you should bear one another's burdens. I just told you that you should restore with gentleness. I just told you in chapter five that you should be living by the fruits of the spirit. And here's a list of things that it looks like when you believe in Christ and how tangibly that's acted out. However, don't forget the main thing, that the only way you are able to do any of those things is because what Jesus did on the cross through his death and his resurrection. Don't forget that Jesus is the reason for everything that we do. When you're restoring a friend who's wronged you, you're not doing it simply because it's the right thing to do. You're doing it because you have a savior who already did that for you. You're restoring a friend in the same way that Jesus restored you. So a lot of times we like to say, so-and-so did something to me and I'm waiting for them to come and ask me for forgiveness. <coughs> Jesus acted first. He came down to earth before or while we were yet sinners, Christ came for us. He came before. When you go to bear one another's burdens and you're thinking to yourself, I got this, I can do it. Instead, you think Jesus died on the cross and created a church for us. Am I really prideful enough to say I'm not going to use the tools that God's given me? Or am I going to say, you know what, God, you made the church. You've placed these people in my life. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to share what I'm struggling with with somebody that I trust here in the church so that we can come alongside of one another endurance-wise and bear those burdens together. But it's all motivated out of what Jesus did for us. If it's motivated out of a list of do this and, and don't do that, then it's going to turn into pride, and then pride's going to lead to us messing those things up. And when somebody wrongs us, it's going to lead to us saying, well, they need to ask for my forgiveness. Or, you know what, I, this isn't that big. I can just handle it myself. 
So as we, we go forward, and I know I'm, I'm going to wrap this up a little early because we're, we're going to sing another song here, and uh, Jason's actually going to come up and talk about small groups. But um, as, as we go forward and, and we leave today, there, there's a couple of like, exciting parts about this. Right? We, we can leave here knowing that if we plug into Christ, these things become natural byproducts of that. But it starts with being humble and saying, Jesus, I need you. Or as, as my, my little example with, with Sophie, you know, Dada, I need you. I need your help. I need help. And when we humbly approach it that way, it simplifies things. Because now when somebody messes up, I could be there too. When somebody needs a burden bared, it's please help me. And then we, we keep that main thing, the main thing. And that's my hope and my prayer here for our church. Um, I do want to remind you real quick about our praise and prayer night tonight. Um, I'm super excited about it. We have some, some cool ways that we're going to um, pray together as a group. We're going we're gonna to obviously sing. Um, and I think we have like five songs or something planned to sing as a group. But we're going to be praying for things like Upward that's going on. Um, and, and we're going to be praying for the kids' ministry, and we're going to be praying for families and things like that. So I am really excited, and I do want to invite you all back tonight for that. Uh, I would like to invite our worship team up here to sing one more song, and then Jason, so don't just take off right after the song. Jason's going to come up and talk a little bit about small groups. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.